Amy Chappell, Mark Jordan, nice to meet you. And nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, so do, tell me about what you're doing. Yeah, so What's I'm from Redwoods Farm, Redwoods Farm, yes, in Devon. Um, Whereabouts so, in Devon? Well, mid-Devon, but um, we're about a mile from Somerset, so it's, it's a bit silly, really. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we're a livestock farm. We yeah. have um, beef, cattle, sheep, um, chickens for both lay, laying and meat, and pigs. So, right. Yeah. And um, we're doing the chickens and pigs soy-free and the beef and lamb as entirely pasture-raised. Selling direct? Selling. So, so we sell through retailers and also direct. Yeah. Um, most of our um, cattle and sheep goes through the commercial market, but hoping to change that as we go along. Mm. And how did you get into this stuff? What, what was... Uh, well, so I started looking into it just... It was a bit of a random thing, but yeah, it just sort of popped up and, and um, started looking at more sort of videos and, and on social media. And it was, yeah, this was probably about five years ago. Yep. Um, so I thought this is something I want to do. And so I kind of went, went that direction. And that was when I was looking at going to uni as well. Um, yeah. Or I never really wanted to go to uni. Um, but it was sort of looking into options after college. What do I do with my life? Um, yeah. So yeah, there was no uni course out there for what I wanted to do. So um, I came up here to Groundswell um, at the farm for six months, um, did a sort of internship, and then um, went back home due to COVID um, and was stuck at home. So I thought I'll uh, I'll go for it and just give it a go with pigs and whatever, and sort of built up from there. Yeah, which was yeah. Really cool. <laughs> and so we're talking about you know, this transition, this transformation from this industrial, global, chemical commodity game that is mm. the farming system to its future as something much more local and generative and socially and ecologically and economically transformed from what it is now. Local processing, even food ultimately by local people. What, you know, how does that fit into, that vision fit into your world? Yeah, so we did used to actually do our cattle quite intensively. Um, so we did uh, finished all of the bulls inside um, by 16 months, um, fed them ad lib. Bog standard, very good traditional professional. Yes. Quality farming. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we sort of when we that's when um, we started getting chickens, and we sort of looked at it and we're like, why are we doing this as well? Um, so yeah, we cut back a bit on the cattle numbers um, and and kind of sent them all outside. Outwintering. Well, we don't actually outwinter. We're a very wet farm, um, well, and it's we German, have. Isn't it? I live in Devon, yes. <laughs> and it's and it's um, we have a lot of sheep, so you know they kind of take over the uh, winter. At, at, yeah. Well, a lot of them go off to dairy ground How and arable. How many What's the acreage? Um, so our actual farm is about 150 acres, right. and then. Um, we rent about another 150 on top here yeah. and there. So it's all 300 acres of yeah, um, with with more o- over winter and less over summer. Yeah. So um, yeah, and yeah. then so now we have cattle outside as much of the year as possible. We've we've extended our grazing season by at the minute a month um, in the end of the season, but that's only three years in. So well, where did you where did you learn or discover the knowledge to do all of this stuff? Um, a lot of it is self-taught. Um, yeah. In terms of pigs, there's not much out there because pigs is my specialty. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's not much out there at all about pigs um, and 
mob grazing pigs basically. Um, so I just did a lot of experimentation, yeah. saw what works. I'm definitely still learning. There's, um, I think we all are. <laughs> yeah, there's still a lot of things that um, can be worked on. And there's, um, so there's a lot of things that when you start um, changing um, what you're doing, then you actually can sometimes see it get worse initially. So for example- Is that what happened to you guys? Um, yeah, so there's one field that I took on last year um, and I put pigs on it and it had been mowed um, I think twice a year, every year, and had cattle on it, um, set stock the rest of the time. Uh, so obviously that's very compacted. And because it was mowed so, of, like, so often, then it was just a monoculture of, of ryegrass. Yeah. And then, so I put the pigs on it, they turfed it all up and I threw seed around. And so the seed came through, but also this year there's been a, a lot of dock leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's you know they're they're doing a great job, but they look they look not very nice. <laughs> so that's that in a sense you know it's getting worse, in a way by looking yeah. at those successional dynamics of plants. Exactly. So it you know to to a conventional farmer looking at that field, they'd probably go, oh, that doesn't look so positive. But I'm try I'm training myself to think that that is a sign of, of healing the land rather than a yeah. sign of compaction, which it is. But which of course it is, isn't it? Yeah. But the thing is, when you know that, it's like a ratchet. You can't go back from that knowledge. Yeah. And you say, well, hang on, that's a, that, you know, that's a successional process. It's yeah. And it's creating the environment for, um, for you know, other plants that are more nutritional for other, like, for cattle. So I'm kind of, it, my kind of vision is to use the pigs to regenerate the land for cattle and sheep. Where, so, you know, because realistically a pig can't get quite all of its nutrition from the land where it is yep. you need to add in a bit of feed so if they can Im improve the land for for the um, cattle and sheep who are there who can yep. get everything from the pasture then that's obviously very beneficial and because you're feeding them extra then they're more fertile um, bringing more fertility onto the land yep. um, yeah and the same with chickens really so and what are you doing how many chickens have you got um, well, so it's a bit sort of, of flexible yeah, thing. Well, we do it. We do it over. Um, we do it seasonally. Meat or meat. Or, well, or meat. Eggs. Meat is done seasonally, so that's um, we've got chicken available from May to December, um, and we yeah we sort of vary on our numbers there. Um, but it's sort of peak time. We've got about five thousand birds on the mm. ground, sort of between three and five, depending on what's going on. Um, and and they're, they're moving around the landscape. Yeah, so we move them every day. Um, it, they're in polytunnels, and the theory is that they follow the cattle, but obviously a polytunnel doesn't catch up with cows very quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, but it's quite cool really, because it means they get a diverse range of, um, you know, either they get to scratch around in dung, or they get the seedlings that are coming up, or they get mature plants, which they, they have their own benefits from having each of the different, yeah. so it's quite, it's quite cool for them. Um, yeah. And then the layers, there's, um, I've got about 130 at the minute. Um, so kind of building that one up. Um, yeah. I think Is this... Is it going to go bigger? Oh, definitely. Um, my oh. struggle has been sourcing pellets this year. Really? Um, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I found I couldn't find anybody doing them, even though I booked them four months in advance. They told me last minute they couldn't do them. Um, and I've just found 40, and then I found, and then they said that they've got 1,500 spare at the end of the season, which I don't need that many, but <laughs> it's gone from one extreme to the other. <laughs> so, <laughs> Famine and then peace, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's definitely got a huge potential. Mm. Um, and so I, I supply a farm shop, but they've got a packing centre there. Um, so I think if I create my own packing centre, then that it brings out a whole range of yeah. 
of customers. Well, that brings me neatly to what sort of what you see for the farm. If you imagine like 20 years from now, what, what could you imagine it's going to be? On I mean, the farm? Yeah. Well, I would really love to be able to bring in a bit of um, sort of share farming in a way. Um, it'd be really nice to have some veg going on um, and everything sort of working together a bit more. Obviously, we're doing things to make it work together, but I think there's definitely improvements to be made in that, in mm. that way. Um, and, yeah, a kind of even, even taller grasslands, even more diverse grasslands. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely is Much huge potential. Much more high-functioning biological system, I guess. Yeah, and in terms of customers, definitely would be great to be able to supply beef and lamb entirely direct or through um, yeah. other retailers. Um, Does and that feel realistic? I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I think so. You know, I'm going to read the witness because it does to us. It makes perfect sense. But yeah, we were, we were in talks with um, someone who wanted all of our um, cattle, but it yeah, it, you know, it fell through for various reasons, but mm. mostly because of the distance. But it's you know, there's obviously a market out there. It just needs to like we haven't really explored that as, as such because we've been working on uh, chicken and pigs, which yeah. you can't really sell commercially because, well, pigs you can, but you would you would lose in the way that I'm farming them. Yeah. Um, and chicken, yeah, it's not really an option. So it's definitely, that's, that's been the focus. <laughs> and how far, you know, when you sell locally, I mean, when you sell directly, how, what's the sort of, is it hyper-local, hyper so is it? Yeah, so I do know. a farmer's market in Somerset, bearing in mind Somerset a mile away. <laughs> but, yeah, um, <laughs> all the way over the border in Somerset. Foreign <laughs> territory from Devon. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, so, um, I also do a farmer's market in um, the local town, which is about 20 minutes away. Um, Tiverton? Tiverton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've just, I've just had a message through about another farmer's market locally to me. Um, and, yeah, so I also sell direct to customers to their doorsteps. Yeah. I've just started doing a, a, a Fresh Friday, so uh, to, Fresh this Fridays. this week is my first one. So um, I collect meat from the abattoir every month, right. and um, the kind of aim to bring people onto the farm so they can meet some animals, but collect their meat um, once a month. Um, so I'll have hens up there. <laughs> nice. Perfect. We like that. <laughs> this is groundswell, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens. Nice people turn up and offer us something to drink in the middle of an interview. We love it. It's brilliant. That's what it's about. <laughs> I've lost my trail of thought now. Oh, you were talking about farmers' markets. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, I do, yeah, with a kind of intention to, like, bring people onto the farm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this time I'm going to have hens up there and, like, walk down, see the cattle being moved. Because that's a really big thing that's missing, is the connection to the land and animals where you're getting your food from yeah yeah that's a, a consistent theme i think that all of us are in this space are recognizing is that reconnection somebody put it beautifully they said um it's not reconnection to nature but reconnection in nature yeah this idea that we are not separate we're part of it and it's that's a, yeah it's a really good point yeah like, you know sort of um changing the way we see the world and ourselves in it yeah sort of critical part of this transformation definitely yeah yeah i should also say i supply a farm shop in wellington which is about 20 minutes away ah. <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah that's a really well, good um you know when you when people say people say local say, oh well you can't feed all the people in london locally city but hang on there's a difference between having the food faceless food come from 
bloody anywhere across the planet supplied by big food into big supermarkets and systems where there's actually you actually can say most of my food actually does come from mm. these islands i mean we could grow enough food if we wanted to yeah definitely and do you see doing lots of more different things i mean you talked about um the um the sort of veg side of the equation and yeah and um that's possibly not something that's immediate but it's definitely something that i want to add in um and I mean, so there's been, I've heard a fair people talking today about, you know, making sure that you've got time for yourself um, and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, so there's definitely things that need to be passed along to other people. Yeah. Um, which I think is really valuable in itself because there's a lot of people out there wanting to do this kind of thing. And yeah. I've been very lucky that, I mean, you know, I've, I've rented land off my parents. I've had the option to do that. And now I'm renting some land off the local estate. So. You know, it, I'm very lucky to have that opportunity. Whereas, yeah. and I've still got a base on our farm, so if I need to sort any pigs out or, or weigh any pigs or anything like that, I can just borrow the cattle handling system. <laughs> so, so be, yeah. yeah, definitely very lucky in that respect. Mm. Um, so, la- last question before we adjourn for the uh, to finish the rest of what's in our what, <laughs> what what when you if you look kind of 20 years into the future and imagine beyond your farm what's I mean what what gives you what gives you hope about the possibility that we could live in this in a very different future to the one we're in now does anything give you hope well well, being here I think is a being here yeah (laughs) it's great um I've also so I've I've kind of for the first sort of two one or two years of, of doing like farming like this I've sort of lived in a little bubble like a Redwoods farm bubble yeah. <laughs> and thought like you know this is great what we're doing but what's everybody else doing and it, actually if you go out there um, so I've been to various things bits and bobs here and there recently and there's, there's definitely people out there working on it yeah. but it's just you definitely need to you know keep the focus keep everybody's focus on the same direction yeah, um, yeah but that gives me hope for sure um, yeah. I'll drink to that. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers. Good to meet you. And you.